Welcome to episode 13 of Playing It Wrong. This episode, Star Trek the RPG and licensed RPGs in general. And this one kind of goes out to Matt Random for something he said on uh, one of the messages of how Star Trek was just too cerebral for him. Well, we played a lot of the faster version of the RPG in the day. And I don't remember too many of the uh, sessions, but there's one that stands out in my mind and I'm going to tell you about it. Now, I have no idea what our actual mission was at the time. I don't remember. I don't know, diplomacy or exploration or research or something. But we're heading off to this planet. And lo and behold, what do you run into? Klingons! And quickly, ship-to-ship -ship combat ensues. Now, if you've never played the FASA version of the Star Trek RPG, the ship-to-ship -ship combat is extremely tactical. It was so tactical that they even released it as its own separate game. Now, for the RPG, there were some good points to it in that Every person on the bridge crew, which were the, generally the player characters, had something to do during ship-to-ship -ship combat. The captain shouted orders. The, I think it was the helmsman was the actual role to hit for the weapons. And the navigator had a very important job. Their job was to actually move the starship miniature. So, like I said, ship-to-ship -ship combat started. And our engineer rolled, got some extra energy, and put an extra point in one of our shields on the offside of the ship. Like I said, very tactical, so facing was very, very important. And the captain tells the uh, navigator, you know, go forward and turn to the left. Well, the navigator goes forward, turns really sharp to the left, and turns that one-point shield directly in front of the Klingon ship. Now, like I said, facing is very important. And so the ships have firing arcs. They're 180 degrees, and they overlap. So, if you're in the row of hexes directly in front of a ship, you are in the forward, port, and starboard firing arcs of that ship. And having a one-point shield in this game is pretty much the same as having no shield. Needless to say, the GM was quite nice, because we should have been all dead after the Klingons were done firing. And it was the start of the session, so, well, we didn't want to start it all over again. So, uh, what we ended up with was... A pretty much destroyed ship and Klingon Marines on the bridge before we could even power up a self-destruct sequence. All the while, while the Klingon, or the Klingon, I'm sorry, I mean the captain was shouting at the navigator, if we were Klingons, you'd be dead by now, because I'd shoot you myself. Now, what started off as a, eh, pretty much what would be a standard session, turned into an all-nighter that was more like, well, a cross between the Great Escape and Die Hard, than, well, pretty much anything than anything other than Star Trek. A few of us were avoided capture immediately, and, well, we gathered up every weapon and phaser we could from the armory and went about freeing the rest of the crew. And during these little commander raids, we learned a very important thing. Now, if you remember in the original Star Trek, you could overload phasers and they'd blow up. Since we had bags of these things, we learned quickly that phasers made much better hand grenades than they did, well, guns, because we could take out multiple Klingons with one phaser and one throw. And we could always, like, loot more weapons from dead Klingons or possibly just get more phasers. We had the whole ship to go through. 
But anyway, the whole session took an entire night, all-nighter. We were all dead tired, exhausted. We sort of got back to the Federation after creating a rather interstellar incident of blowing up and killing and everything else. And we probably should have all been court-martialed and, well, let's just say the campaign didn't, well, didn't go further than that. Like I said, wasn't your standard Star Trek-style adventure, but we had a great time anyway. Which brings me on to my kind of next point in this episode. Licensed RPGs. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, you know, well, like Star Trek or Star Wars. Let's see, there's Lord of the Rings, there's a Supernatural, Firefly. Uh, what else is there? Farscape, Stargate, uh, pretty much any TV show, you know, Marvel and DC. Any TV show, comic book, uh, popular work of fiction that gets worked into an RPG. A lot of times, they're a pain. Let me tell you why. First, if you remember back in the heyday of the D20 glut and the OGL where everything was D20 and everybody was making a D20 game, you had people getting licenses and just like sticking it on a D20 system and it really wasn't evocative of the source material. And that's a relatively minor problem that, you know, can be fixed with house rules and stuff. The other problem was the fanboy phenomena. Well, you have one player who is the ultimate fanboy of said intellectual property and they know everything. They've read every novel, every tie-in, they know every bit of fanfic, they know every bit of trivia, and they're kind of a know-it-all in the system. Now, when a, like I said, the player. It gets even worse if that person happens to be the GM and they know every bit of trivia and they expect you also to know every bit of trivia and wonder why you didn't do, any, do the same thing that these characters did and it's off novel or tie-in or whatever that you just didn't happen to read or even know about. Kind of zaps the fun right out of the situation. Now, it's not that I don't like licensed RPGs. You know, I got fondness for the Buffy, and technically I guess you could say Call of Cthulhu is a licensed RPG. But the thing is, on these things, make it your own. Make your own universe. I've had this crazy, weird idea, dream of taking like one of the Star Wars games, probably the D6 or maybe even the Saga Edition, and just crashing the whole universe with Dune and trying to come up with some weird hybrid, or at least going, this is this is my universe, this is my version of this universe, and let the players know, excuse me, tacos for lunch, yay. Um, letting the players know right ahead of time that this is the GM's universe and the GM's interpretation of the universe, and there will be changes and modifications. You know, I'm going to go back on this. Another thing that's annoying about the licensed RPG is the actual player characters of the property, or not player characters, but the actual characters of the property are always the big epic heroes, and that kind of leaves the player characters playing second fiddle in the universe. It does. I mean, it's Luke blows up the Death Star, not your character. Luke fights Darth Vader, not your character. So it does kind of make you feel like you're second in the universe. So, like I was saying, just make the universe your own, alright? And, and try to keep all those things that made you like that universe in the first place. And, well, that's basically my rant on licensed RPGs. And my adventures with the Star Trek RPG. Um, as you can tell, hopefully, I've been trying to speak a little slower during this episode. I've noticed that I've rambled on quite quickly in the other ones. Yes, and I know I usually put the technical notes at the beginning of an episode, but I decided to put it at the end this time. Also, I know there's a couple messages there on Anchor FM. Colin, Matt, and Shane, your stuff is really good for an upcoming episode, so you're going to get mixed in with that, not this one. 
Nothing against you guys. Love you all. But it's going to fit better in an upcoming one. Alright guys, so till next time, you know the drill. Roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff. Have fun. Thanks for listening. And now I'm going to say the same thing again on the exit. And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. That's theymightbegazebos.blog. And the letter B, not B-E spelled out. Or visit us on Facebook and just search for They Might Be Gazebos. Ask us questions and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin McLeod, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license. Please visit his website at incompetech.com. That's incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also downloadable graph paper and hex paper. Additional sound effects from freesound.org, used under a Creative Commons 0.1.0 universal license.